Listen, Frank, if you have a better way to contact or find a Senegalese currency expert, I'd like to hear it. Does uh, Sengal not have its own Craigslist? Yes, but... Oh, yeah, I guess I could just go on Craigslist. <laughs> uh. Dude. So you're telling okay, me what I... the fuck is all this for, then? So I didn't have to print out all these um, vaguely offensive political pamphlets? Shit. I mean, you could have also just not made them offensive. Well, okay. I, because I feel that these days, looking at the success of things like... Um, Wait, what's that? What's that? Uh, what's that uh, dirtbag leftist podcast? That's a famous one. Do you have any idea how little it narrows things down? Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I assume you're thinking of Chapo. Chapo, yeah. Looking at Chapo and things like that, I'm like, okay. If I wanna, if I wanna push land tax, I have to put some some bad words in there. Just, just like you know. Um, but anyway, I can turn this off. Well, I was just trying to, like, you know, yeah. go the old school way. You know, the old school artifacts are the best. Go some guerrilla marketing. That's right. I get it. I That's get it. That's right. And this is this, this is technically an artifact, according to Book 2 of Noxorox. Um, although it seems more like a ritual to me. But it's an artifact. Artifacts are cool. Should we talk about artifacts? Sure. Fuck it. Uh, I think that's a good way of... Uh... Uh, saving a bit of face here, uh, drastically changing the subject. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan of artifacts. Uh, I mean, like, I think most role-playing games are pretty much just inherently improved by having cool magic items of some sort. Mm. Cool doohickeys that you can play with. Like, that's, that's fundamentally what, like, a artifact is in really any system, no matter which term the system uses for those artifacts. They're a toy for the players. They're something cool for the players to fiddle around with or deploy as a tool in their own games. Uh, when I was uh, doing research for this, not really research, but looking up some information. Some yeah, Googling. Some Googling. Um, and uh, on a Wikipedia article about a TV show involving artifacts, there was a link. Where it, there were the words powerful artifacts and it was a blue link so I clicked it and it went to the Wikipedia page for magic items so I'm like yeah okay makes sense mm, there you go uh, real life examples of plus two swords well come on like look at like uh, traditionally like yeah. Aladdin's <laughs> lamp or Excalibur uh, anything yeah. like that those yeah, are magic Excalibur's items. at least a plus four plus three or four um, and that is sort of the thing is like D&D &D, has this reputation of extremely regimented magic items, mm. right? Mm. Uh, where it's like, oh, a plus two spear of uh, stabbing, or just like a plus two spear, or a ring of magic missile. Uh, stuff that's like very strongly codified in the game's rules. Mm. And that's the worst sort of artifact, in my opinion. Well, it's, uh, it's, one of the wonderful things for artifacts, uh, to me, is that they're pretty much a excuse to just totally throw off rules presidents and just come up with whatever batshit ability you want and just like, hey, this is in my game now because I have declared that it is. And it's kind of outside of the central uh, mechanics of the game because it is more about interacting with the game world in a particular way. Well, if you look at, like, historical, like, folklore examples or, like, myth and legend examples of yeah. magical items, they're, they're, like, 
usually, like, what you get is on the tin. Like, it's a cloak of invisibility, or it's some boots that make you go seven leagues, or something like that. Like, it's, it's, what it does is on the name, that's what you want for your, like, magical artifacts, at least in folklore and myth. Um, when you make it to... I think it varies. Stuff like Seven League Boots, definitely. But Excalibur is more than just, like, a sword that cuts good. It has, like, other powers. That's true. That's true. What powers does Excalibur have, other than getting stuck in a stone? Uh, I believe it can, like, generate light and shit. Uh, oh, apparently also grants the true wielder invincibility. That's useful. That's the most useful part. Yeah. So, in the rules, <laughs> protect... If you're the true wielder, at least. Yes, if you're the true wielder. Wielder. Yeah, specific protection. Death. Good. Uh, easy. Yeah. Uh, that's the advantage of, like, um, artifacts, magical items, you know, unknown armies, is it doesn't get too prickly or over-specific with what it does. It's covered pretty well. It's not like there's some box you need to fill fit magical artifacts into. No. Well... Depends if you make them or you find them. True, true. I mean, but even when you're making them, what you can do with that is pretty broad. It's just, okay, as long as it's... Actually, no, I don't remember enough of how this works. How do you make magic items in other armies again? I've forgotten. All right, so do you want to, so you want to cover constructed uh, artifacts first? Is that what, what I'm hearing? Sure. All right, that's fair enough. Um, now, yeah, because as uh, well, the rules state... Where do these things come from? That's, I think that's an important question. Now, constructed artifacts are those made by adepts. Uh, only adepts uh-huh. can make them, I believe. Um, and any adept can make them, which is something I think isn't actually explored or brought up enough um, in games. There's a lot of little ancillary shit that adepts can do in 2nd edition that just doesn't come up. This like, is 3rd edition as well. I mean, I barely even see random magic come up in my games. Yeah, uh, I think random magic is hard because then you have you put the onus on the GM to be like, I, it always sucks for me when someone's like, okay, I want to do this piece of random magic. Like, how many charges this cost me? And I'm like, oh, how many charges should it cost you? What's your omega score? Um, and I, I generally hand wave it. Look, I'm fine with that being an imperfect. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's just annoying. on the spot measurement. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. There's only. So much you can do with that. At least it's flexible. But I, I, I guess the main thing I'd say there is, like, if you're doing random magic, I don't think you should be anything involving a SIG. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, that, that's more a formula spell territory. And if you want to do something particular, maybe you have to come up with a custom formula spell, which is not something that 3rd edition has mechanics for. And I miss that, because I think it's another cool feature that it depths. Wait a minute, but is it, is it like a, a formula spell is just random magic you've done repeatedly, I thought. So yes. You'd have to, like, so you'd need to have... Well, that's the point, is like formula. random magic, uh, to get something as strong as a for, like a significant formula spell, that requires a good amount of practice, I'd say. Yeah, I would allow significant random magic, but I would be like, okay, where are your symbolic elements? Like, this better be right in the middle of your fucking domain. Okay, it, yeah, that's also reasonable. Like I'll I'll I'll, I'll let, allow more loosey goosiness with random magic on the minor level because most adept schools will have fuzzy edges to their domains, which is fine. But when you get up to yeah. significant uh, random magic, then yeah, ma- where, what it it should be in your domain. Come on, 
Uh, yeah, most most good app schools have like a very concrete sort of ground in the real world part of their domain, and then they'll also have like a more loosey goosey high concept domain where yeah. something like Dipsomancy, where you have you know the very concrete object of alcohol, mm. but then you also have the more conceptual idea of cheating. Yeah. That that also has like the concept of cheating has fuzzy edges. There's like a Venn yeah. diagram between yeah. Yeah. Uh, things there. Look, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, but you asked about how um, adepts make artifacts. Yes, I did. And it says adepts for many schools of magic can learn how to make artifacts. Doesn't tell you how, but they can. Um, but the rules of them are the same for all schools. Um, you can only imbue an object with a magical effect you can do. That object must be symbolic of the intended function, and for some reason, technological devices invented after the millennium can't become constructed artifacts. Everyone's still arguing about why. No, no, no. Shut up, Greg. I'm not allowing this. Uh, that's very silly. Uh, I allow. I, I think that's fine with mechanomancy, but I, I think that... It, it it rubs me of the wrong way. It's like, okay, your my pogs can be artifacts, but your AirPods can't. No. <laughs> oh fuck! This is a late series beanie, baby. We can't turn this into an artifact. No. Shit. Very silly. When you, especially when you're dealing with things that are like, I kind of I could see it a bit justified in terms of like the O3 event. Perhaps, but... but like that's that's like my limit. And even that's it's just not fun. Like that, not that fun. that's the root of it. Like that, that's not a particularly like as as fun as the idea of I can't. This is too recent of a McDonald's uh, kids meal toy for me to make an artifact out of it. Is is kind of like a a, a fun bit. It does drastically limit you. It does. Um, I think it's an attempt to avoid some of the like frivolous now effect where it's like people in campaigns are just going to be throwing in like stuff that's they happen to, like just like contemporary sure. stuff which might not end up having that like long term which doesn't have the oomph of something which has a, a bit of a pedigree to it i'd say like the the better way of justifying it is like okay this this object needs to have been fairly actively been used by humans mm for a while before can ter- be turned into an artifact. Like, you know, it, it needs time for uh, a yokai to inhabit it, right? Oh, sure. Think in terms like that. It, it needs time, the object needs time to develop a soul. Yeah. Uh, that I can accept. Uh, but, like, that cutoff, the, the, the Millennium cutoff is silly. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's stupid. It's too long ago. Like, uh, like for example, Blackberry doing... phones. Blackberry phones could totally be used to make artifacts. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. They have... Or like a first series iPhone. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. One of the artifacts I've used in my campaigns was uh, a specifically a printer. It was like, a, I think, a, I forget the exact model, it was like a 2004 HP printer model. Mm. And I, 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 in the descriptive text, included the exact model of printer. Because mm. you, you want specificity with your magic items. That's another good way to get a good magic item. Don't just be like ring of whatever or boots or whatever have it be stiletto heel seven league stilettos or nose ring of invisibility right instead of just ring of invisibility if for the shoes they they need to be that brand of shoes that they um they uh had it what movie was it was it i robot where they had will smith wearing these like particular brand of shoes oh just converse 
Yeah, he was just wearing Converse. And he's, and he's like, well, these classic shoes. And everyone's like, yeah, whoa, a, a thing of beauty. And it's like the most in-your-face like uh, product placement. Yeah. Uh, very conspicuous. Perfect for an artifact. I don't care if the movie came out in 2004 and those shoes came out in 2004 after the millennium. But yeah, the Converse for my robot, perfect artifact. Absolutely. Yeah. Media is also like a good way mm. to like look at artifacts. If it's like some... Famous prop, uh, in my last game, I had a Dipsomancy artifact, which was the still full 40 that um, Earl was buying when he bought the winning lottery ticket in the pilot episode of My Name is Earl. There you go. That works. Yeah. Although, I would say that, like, these, this rule is meant to be specifically for technological devices. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, what does technological device have to do with just general artifacts like that makes sense to me for mechanomancers it makes sense because it's that's that's old tech themed and i and i did like that like there's the, the hundred year well it was originally like not before the turn of the century in mechanomancy you can't use anything from before like from after 1900 uh but the way i always like sort of um imagined it was that it was like a running sort of hundred year like lag which is why I'm thinking, like, now mechanomancers must be having a grand old time and with, um, like, the start of, like, 1920s technologies becoming available. That's part of what, like, for me, keeps mechanomancy going. Is yeah. it's, it, it's, yeah. There is always new stuff coming in. Um, it's 100 years lag, but there's still new stuff coming in. It's like how I used to be with, like, um, with mobile phones. I would buy mobile phones that were five years older than the newest ones, but I'd always buy a newer... It was always a new... For me, it was always new <laughs> because it was newer than yeah. my last phone. I'd say, like, artifacts probably shouldn't have digital effects, if you get what I mean. Like, I think it just kind of... It, it's very easy to get hokey if you have, like, an artifact of that. Oh, it does something fancy with the internet, right? Like, no, I don't do that. That's because... Um, but if you have, like, a BlackBerry... I don't fucking know. The... Contacts list is the names of any demons currently in a five mile radius. There you go. That's yeah. something. If you had Obama's BlackBerry, you could do a bunch with uh, things with that as a, as an artifact. Yes, definitely, uh, definitely. If it's demons, you can call whatever world leader. Is now I'd say dead. that one is you can call anyone in Obama's con- extensive contact list as they were in two thousand eight. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, I like that. Just talking to Putin. Yeah, see, there's the plot. It's like, all right, Putin has found out about this artifact, and he wants you to get it so you can feed him, uh, feed the 2008 version of him geopolitical developments from the past 15 years so he can uh, have a more successful invasion of Ukraine. I don't think that would work. I don't think it's, it should be actual No, time probably travel. not, but it's, it's definitely something that someone I could see someone trying. It would be funny if, like, he called 2008 Putin... And you describe the current situation, and 2008 Putin's like, no, that's not what I intended at all. You must stop me. <laughs> Maybe not Putin, but so- someone like that. That's, that's an obvious solution to what you do with that. Yeah. And now you, now you have the two, uh, two different Putins you're playing off each other. Because mm. 2008 Putin would have some information, but not the current information, which is entertaining. Yeah. He knows where some of the bodies buried, but not all of them. Um, so yeah, I, I would just... Uh, I would ignore that for the most part. I understand, like, wanting to avoid hokiness, but everyone's hokiness mm-hmm. quotient is different. I feel that, like, internet 
stuff. It's just been done so badly that people are allergic to it. I don't think it has to necessarily be done badly. Um, I'd say if you want to include it, then someone that has figured out some good special sauce for making that stuff less hokey yeah. should give some advice for it, right? Just like, all right, hey, if you're doing something on the international internet, here's how you make a good magic item. An artifact that doesn't just feel lame. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to turn this SSD into an artifact, um, because it has to be like, it's hardware anyway. So what are you going to do with the internet? It's only going to have an effect on the internet if it's something like internet related. Uh, so if you're making an artifact... That's not necessarily true. The other side of this is you could have a fucking, like, lamp. Sure. That does shit to the internet somehow. Yeah. And, you know, it's not even like a fucking IoT lamp or anything like that. You just turn it off, turns off the internet. Turn it back on, turns on the yeah. internet. There you go. Yep. Sure. Uh, like your Cabal's enemy is some sort of fucking occulted IT company. So uh, you need to sne- break into their fucking office overnight and plug in a lamp somewhere and turn it off. And now none of their servers work. Right? That, yeah. Like th- this is why it's good to have specificity and your magic items and just very creative effects that aren't necessarily involved with the mechanics of the game in any way because they're really they're really fun tools for the players to use creatively. Now I'm thinking of um, like Nomon and Mavra and how she could like manifest and like if there was yeah. something like yeah. Nomon which could like literally like manifest like whether it was unnatural phenomenon or un- or unnatural entities or like minions or whatnot and all you really need to yeah. do is unplug that server and they all disappear. <laughs> Yeah, that's your objective. Unplug the server. All you need to do is break into NSA headquarters. That's it. That's it. Maybe not specifically no one, but something like that. You know, like there's all this shit going on. Get what you're gesturing at here. Yeah, that's actually a fun setup. Setup like there's a town which is just big. Like I think there's one of those. Uh, one of the one shots was like this, where a town was like had just like stupid amounts of unnatural phenomenon going on. It was becoming a problem. Yeah, yeah. And like the, the objective is to get through the town. It's like, it's almost like that dungeon crawl um, idea. Yeah. It's like you're getting there through, you you're, 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 it's not about crawling through a dungeon. You're going through like a mad, ridiculous town full of unnatural phenomena. And you just want yeah. to get to that server and unplug it because then it all goes away. That'd be a good hex crawl. Yeah. And then in the middle, you have the office as a dungeon. That works. That works. So... Do adepts need to, like, spend any resource or anything to make artifacts? Oh, yeah. They have to uh, use the amount of charges it would take to do this, do the effect to, to um, yeah, yeah. plus one. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because you can make multiple use artifacts. So it says, making a limited use artifact costs the charges you use to create the effect plus one significant charge. And here we go. There's, therein lies the rub because uh, a single use artifact, which you use only once, costs the number of charges, whether, whether minor or significant, plus one minor, one minor charge. The artifact is minor if the effect is minor and significant if the effect is significant, while limited use artifacts costs an additional sig. A number of uses equal to the sum of the dice on the magic roll. Which can be high if you're lucky. Even if you're at sixty percent, if you roll fifty-nine, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got fourteen. Yeah. An artifact that has the the same spell. It doesn't say it costs like that. It, you know, it, that's you. you, you co- it's the cost of the spell once plus a sig charge, mm-hmm. and then you can use it 
multiple times. Like this is something we should be using more often because it's it's a in terms of conserv- conservation of resources, it's great. Yeah, and it's a just a fun tool for player creativity. Yeah, you know, shit. I mean, it, like the, your main limit is it needs to be within the domain of mm-hmm. your school. But that, you know, if you're playing adept, you're already kind of thinking those terms anyway. So, like, yeah, say you're an Erstrandturge, and you're like, all right. Wants to quit cigarettes. So you make a special pack of cigarettes for him mm-hmm. that uh, when he smokes them with the filter out, mm. then it treats cigarette addiction, right? It extracts mm. the addiction from your body because you're ah. uh, smoking it backwards. There you go. That makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. It's it's not just a terrible mistake that you make when you're really <laughs> high, when, you, when you've had... <laughs> Or 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 a goof that you do intentionally, that's uh, that I personally never get tired of doing. Yep, yep. I remember, I I remember like years ago at some rave, um, just like hot, just off my face on ecstasy, yeah. and then just smoking a cigarette outside in a pile of people, and then looking at my friend, being like, "Where's my filter? I don't have a filter on my cigarette. It's half smoked." It's almost fully smoked before I notice. He's like, you smoked, you smoked the filter, Thompson. I'm like, oh fuck. Um, uh, one of those old cigarettes from like the brief window of time uh, when we figured out cigarettes were bad for you, but we hadn't yet figured out that asbestos is bad for you. Oh, interesting. Like, way worse uh, with asbestos filters. That's a powerful artifact right there. They were real. Holy shit. Uh, yes. Amazing. Look them up. Amazing. No, I believe you. Um, there is an, a limitation to artifacts' effectiveness um, with both single-use and uh, limited-use ones. Um, so with single-use... Uh, actually, with a single-use or limited-use, if you just make it without doing anything, the when you activate the magical effect, the effect of the roll, the effect the effect is limited as if it was a roll of 12. Right? Yeah. All right. With single-use artifacts, you can spend an extra minor charge to alleviate that, to make it instead have the effect be uh, the result of the magic roll rather than 12. But with limited-use artifacts, it's stuck at 12. Which I'm not sure how I feel about. This is a bit fiddly, but it's fiddly. I think I, I, I think that these could be simplified without too much effort. It's it's it, it's an attempt to balance it out a bit because, like, looking at this, yeah. I'm like, why? If you're an adept, why not just constantly be churning out fucking artifacts? Yeah, you have enough charges for one spell um, plus one. Why have one spell when you could have between two and nineteen? <laughs> Or, exactly. or one of 19 copies of that spell. Um, like the, and... the one reason I can think of to like disincentivize it is just someone might steal your shit. But that's, like, that's true. It. Or it could break, I guess. But you might want to. You might want to be like, be able to give your buddy your spell. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, like like this is just a more versatile version, usual formula spell casting, but with fairly negligible additional cost you, you must think like a group like tni must have people that just churn these out like that's their job yeah. they're put in a situation yeah. where they can they can charge up easily like a dipsomancer like alex abel just like his job is to drink all day 
amazing. The, the, the most functional of all alcoholics. Um, all yeah. they have to do is drink all day and make artifacts. And, you know, they make some sort of magical, uh, uh, magical rubbing alcohol that uh, heals wounds or something, right? Yeah. And it's okay. It's, it's limit, the effect is limited to 12. Um, depending yeah. on the yeah. spell, that might not necessarily be such a bad thing. It, it limits, like... I agree with you. It needs a bit more additional cost, I think. It, it limits blasts because, like, a, a minor blast is going to be three wound points. And yeah. uh, a significant blast is going to be Which 12. Which is fairly smart. I, I think a blast kind of inherently needs to be something that you kind of need to... You, you need to put yourself at risk a little bit to mm. get it off, I think. I think that's the idea. Yeah, I like the idea. Firing a gun is kind of putting yourself at risk a lot of time if you do it in broad daylight. I like the fact that like you could add an extra, like for a single use, like you could make a, a, a grenade or something, like a magical grenade or a magical yeah. mine or something pretty easily. And with the extra magic charge, you can like pump it up beyond 12. So mm. it does a, a, it's better. Another thing, not just TNI, like groups like TNI are going to have people like just churning them out. Like I can easily see cults do that. Uh, cults and cabals just like churning out artifacts all day. But then again, you've got also groups like Mac Attacks who want to spread magic um, or 101, right? Like make artifacts that push that goal. Like you put, you don't like if you don't want to do if you don't want to put special orders in the in the Happy Meal, put a magic make the Happy Meal toy magical and give it to the child. Like that was one of the bad like that ended badly in Break Today. Um, with some tchotchke monkey thing. But hey, but if you did third time's the charm. That's right. Third that's time's right. the charm. Well, we don't talk about the second one either. If it's just a magical effect like a blessing or or just yeah. like letting them see the magic inherent in the world or something like that, like that fulfills the mission of Mac Attacks quite easily. And it's cheaper even. This is a bit more frustrating a way of doing things, but I, I think this might be a good use case for rolling mm. spells because like I'm... Of the same thought as you that adepts, unless they're like in the middle of like a combat or something, generally shouldn't have to roll to get a spell off. It should just be you pay the charge cost and you're good, right? If but, you're in a controlled environment, you shouldn't need to roll. But if you're making an art, if you're making an artifact um, and you fail the roll, you lose the charges without making the artifact. That is something that they mentioned. Yeah. Or and if you get like a match failure or a fumble, the artifact comes out fucked up. Yeah. Now it's like cursed in some way. Which is fun. Um, Sometimes we keep the Happy Meal toys in the plastic for a reason, Torbson. That's right. That's right. Sometimes mint condition is better. So yeah, there is definitely going to be... Uh, if if you if I was GMing someone who was just making a bunch of artifacts, I'd lean into that as like, this is the yeah. risk of artifacts is, yeah. unlike spells, one, you could, you could just lose your charges without getting anything. Yeah. And two, the when you have a matched failure, like when something goes wrong... It goes wrong in a more tangible way. Yeah, like it's a thing that's wrong, not just an effect that's wrong. Uh, yeah, and now you need to deal with this horrible Happy Meal homunculus you've made. Congratulations. Or, or it's like it's a curse that, like, it's not just it's it's not a bad effect that happens once. It's a bad effect that happens like twelve times or whatever. Whatever yeah, the yeah. number of uh, charges it like uses it would have had. That works. Congrats, the Mickey Mouse toy that you gave this child is now telling it to eat. It, it now wants to drink blood. It's it, this Mickey Mouse toy has become this child's stormbringer. Good job. That's right. Um, this child, this child just wants to um, expand. Feed me souls, Bobby. Feed me souls. Mickey craves souls. 
that's there's some symbolic resonance there. There's a reason for that. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have happened if Disney wasn't such a terrible fucking company. No, I had the voice wrong. It needs to absolutely be doing the Mickey Mouse voice while it like begs for blood. No, I think it's better if the child is just crying Baby because. Bobby <laughs> God damn it. Um, the child has is crying. The family is crying because the child has stolen money from his parents in order to um, purchase the IP for all the other kids' drawings. Oh, yeah. They know, yeah. Mickey, Mickey doesn't want blood. He wants cash. Yeah. No, no. He wants IP. He wants intellectual property. He wants intellectual property. Let's see if it's... <laughs> That's a great fucking background for, like, an occulted IP lawyer. Oh, yeah, totally. Wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. Uh, fucking, yeah, yeah, like identities, IP lawyer, the inner circle of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Terrifying. Terrifying. There was a, I don't know if I've talked about it before, but um, there's an alternate history I read once called A World of Laughter, A World of Tears. Um, right. Eisenhower has some like health issues, and they're looking for uh, someone to run for president. And there's a big, and they have a meeting where they're like, "Okay, we need someone who's like a all American and a businessman. How about Walt Disney?" And then they're like, "Actually, let's let's just have Walt Disney as the nominee." And he becomes president. And it's a dystopian timeline. Um, it, it's not completely dystopian because some good things happen, but also um, the Mickey Mouse Club sort of becomes his little his like Disney youth kind of. <laughs> Like, um, like, pro- that strikes me as a bit much. Is this going off like the whole Disney was anti Semitic thing? It's more, um, like they have examples of like the Disney Club protesting outside, um, news agents because the news agents are selling okay, Playboy. Yeah, he, and then he, he did definitely treat his employees like shit. Yeah. Like, that's. That's actually super true. Um, it's not a, it's not like a takedown of Disney, but it's it, it's logical, um, and it gets worse and yeah. worse. Like at Disney Club being anti-integration and shit like that. Um, oh, it, 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 it was a good it was a good also history. I'll tell you that much. And that's what I always think of with the, the, the Mickey right. Mouse hat is these little these little fascists running around. See, like I would imagine that not being called the Mickey Mouse Club by like the organization, but mm. like. The sort of uh, mocking nickname for them that gets picked up by the media Perhaps. is the Mickey Mouse. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. That's logical. That's logical. All right, so here's my question for you, Thompson. Here's my question for you. Yes. We have all this stuff about adepts mm. being able to make artifacts, mm. but there's nothing on avatars being able to that make That is true, because you need charges to make uh, artifacts. Suggests that limited to adepts. I think avatars should be able to make artifacts. So we already know that... Any ascension usually has an artifact associated with it. Uh, the most famous example. Oh, that's a different story, yes. though, because they'll be talking about natural artifacts. But yes. if we're talking about constructed artifacts, I mean, I'd say in that case it's a bit of a gray area. But um, mm. the naked goddess tape sure it makes sense, and every other avatar I think should have an artifact associated with their ascension. Uh, I sure. think, if I remember correctly, oddities and endlings has some. Uh, ones mm. that Ben made, Samples. like a spear for the mm. warrior and whatnot. That's like some like Neolithic fucking spear. Yeah, and there's even um even in the canon, there's like the mother's rag and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that too, that yeah. too. So yeah, but I also think that avatars should be able to uh, make artifacts. And I here's my suggestion for how this could be handled. Right, mm. you need to be fifty or higher with your avatar identity mm-hmm. to make a minor artifact. 
To make a significant uh-huh. artifact, you need to be 90 or above. Uh-huh. And whenever you make an artifact, you roll a d10, and you subtract that much from your avatar Debbie. Interesting. That's an interesting way to do it. Like, you're, you're, you're imbuing something with your connection to the statosphere. Yeah. Yeah. That is okay. a cost to your avatar connection. I would say, yeah, that makes sense to me. There are some avatars, like the hacker can sort of make artifacts. Yeah, but that's kind of their thing, is they just make, like, doohickeys. That's, 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 yeah. that's their niche. And, and admittedly, like, because, yeah, the avatar can't explicitly make artifacts, so maybe their thing is like, okay, they get to make these for free, right? They don't need to spend anything yeah, on that, they don't their spend. avatar connection. And generally, hacker artifacts, or any sort of um, avatar associated with a craftsman of any kind, gets to mm. make artifacts mm. Without, like, that sort of cost. So, like, sure. the avatar of the smith can yeah. make stuff, and they don't need to take mm-hmm. off points from their avatar score. And you'd have to figure out, like, how the costings work for that, since they're not putting magical charges in there as a smith. But I guess it's, like, I know Hacker has specific rules on, like, how they can do it and, like, how often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's fine. I think I think that'll be, a like, a case-by-case Sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it's whatever thematic and works within the context of the rules. You know, I, I think you, generally speaking, you can have a bit more leeway with uh, ability that you give to your players if that ability has a fairly concrete cost. You know, the, the cost is concrete, but you can use it fairly creatively, right? And, you know, there's, there's still a chance there. Like, you're losing, like, five points of your avatar score on average, which is nothing to sneeze at. Mm. And there's yeah, a risk a, of you costly. losing like full on ten. I'd allow that. That that makes sense to me. That sounds like a house ruley type thing. Yeah, but I'd yeah. allow. It's a new concept. It's instead of reintroducing one from a previous edition. Yeah, that works. Does it? Would it stimulate the channel ability, or would it be like a? It had to be different from an adept credit artifact because you can't have yes. ad, ad, avatars making um, artifacts which. Sim- simulate adept powers but yeah if you can if we can if you make an artifact it would... I, I would i'd say it could just be kind of like adepts where it's not doesn't necessarily need to be a formula spell it just is related to the domain of the uh avatar in some way yeah okay and there's just kind of a back yeah. and forth between the player and the gm of like yeah that works or no nah, that's that's a bit much or maybe there's variable cost right maybe mm-hmm. like because that's the thing uh with the adept artifacts the GM comes up with a cost for making it, right? Yeah. Whereas you can't really do that so much with avatars. So mm. maybe it's like default D10, and then mm. the GM can assign like an additional plus or minus depending on how powerful it is, right? Sure. So it's like D10 by default, but if it's really wimpy, then it can be like D10 minus 5. So there's like a risk, of, there's a chance that you just don't fucking... Uh, uh, mm. You don't have to pay anything. Or it could be, like, plus 10 if it's something decently powerful. The other way is I think it it could just be the potency is tied to your avatar ability. So just the GM would, ve- like, either accept or veto, like, no, you aren't a powerful enough avatar to make an artifact like this. You need to be more yeah. powerful to pull something like that yeah, off. Yeah, you have to be at least 50%. Maybe it should be limited to single-use ones, but it may be limited use if you're powerful enough. Yeah. Eternal artifacts for avatars is only only comes when you ascend. <laughs> you get one, and you don't get one. Yeah. A, a way of handling that maybe could be like, it's 
single use by default, but if you get a match success when you're rolling to create the object, then you get like extra effects. Yeah, that's cool. That's solid. Whatever the number is, so if yeah. it's a 22, you get... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. If it's 11, oh well. Too bad. That makes sense to me. It probably needs some further tweaking and some playtesting, of course. Like, any house rule. Sure. Really, but... I, I think that's like a solid foundation, at least. Main point is Adept shouldn't have all the fun. Avatar should be able to get on that action. That, I, 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 I agree. I agree. Uh, no, I like that if with the cost coming directly out of yeah. your... Identity? That's yeah. solid. Yeah. That's a that's a significant cost and makes it worth it. Well not worth it, but it's worth it but not too easy. Yeah. Now it's interesting to me, uh, that adepts can also make eternal artifacts um with a major charge. Uh so why would you do this? Um of all the things you can do with a major charge. An eternal making an eternal artifact seems like a pretty solid use of a major charge. It's that long tail, baby. Everyone loves the long tail. Long tail's great. That is like the main Greg quote. Like I, I drop that one all the fucking time in conversation. Like, conversation now. Long tail is good. Yeah, like I think that making. Um, I now I'm imagining like someone who, like you could theoretically make a character who's uh, sort of like Iron Man. Like Iron Man has no like powers of his own. He's just got like a, a suit. Um, all right, but you sure. could have a character who. Like, say, for example, you have an adept who, like, over the course of their life, get manages to get a few major charges and just pumps out eternal artifacts, sure. um, keeps them together, makes a makes a suit of armor or something out of them, uh, or makes something, like a, a collection of things, and then just gifts them to the next person, being like, okay, now you can, uh, you have these artifacts, which, uh, these are basically all the, all the minor spells from this school, yeah. um, but you have to keep the ring on you have to keep all this stuff on you, you of course and then you of course have like a relationship with the original adept the idea that immediately comes to mind for that is like some adept wants to get their girlfriend into this mad yes. shit and explain to them it's like all right i'm gonna make yes. a bunch of artifacts for you babe that's solid um that's really funny uh that's such a good um motivation for like getting a major charge it's just like it, valentine's day is coming up <laughs> perfect oh fuck it's uh, like our 10th anniversary shit <laughs> shit what 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 anniversary is it for magic item <laughs> uh, every anniversary if you're doing it right brother or if it's like a, a, a such a sweet little marriage where like every year before their anniversary both of them are out there scurrying around looking for a major charge that's adorable yeah we we need more adept uh occult underground power couples that's true that's true that's uh both the same school and different schools i think yes. i like different schools better uh, or like one's an adept one's an avatar yeah, that's that's solid. That's solid. The, um, you know, the the avatar is the one with the actual job, and the adept's the fail son that holds down the fort back home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's just like they sort of uh, they put up with each other talking about shit that the other one doesn't care about, like a vestimenta and a full minute turge. It's like, okay, yeah. you want to talk about clothes for a while? Yeah. All right, I'll listen to this so I can talk about guns later. That's fine. I've seen autistic friends in relationships. That's basically what it's like. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. You've talked about your special interest for 30 minutes. Now it's my turn to talk about my special interest for 30 minutes. That's right. Uh, are adepts autistic? We'll never know. Uh, I, my headcanon is that a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, like it's not a hard rule, of course. But yeah, like, I, I do sincerely think you'd have a lot of adepts that would be on the spectrum in some way. So yeah, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Frank thinks that autists are failed wizards. An adept is not a failed wizard. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that no. if you're autistic enough, you get magical powers from it. That's what I'm actually saying. And if you are autistic and you don't have magical powers, you haven't tried hard enough. Well, it's not like you haven't tried hard enough. You just need to become more autistic. That's right. And with artifacts, you can. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Finally, the vaccine that actually does give you autism. That's right. That's right. The, the eternal artifact. That actually would be unironically something that Mac attacks could use. Um, I know that... Um, this is something I could bring into uh, Mac Attacks India, because um, in India, McDonald's often hosts maybe like, polio, included polio in vaccination one of the stations. source books that you haven't finished yet, Thompson. I know, but I've already covered this one. I've already yeah. like done Mac Attacks India, oh, okay, but okay. like it's because they have polio vaccination centers at McDonald's in parts of India. Oh, okay, uh, a perfect place to you to know, give someone autism. Give someone autism, and then they'll be magical. Um. <laughs> I, I, I could totally see that as a fucking occult underground scheme. All right, we want to create yeah. as many adepts as possible. And it turns out that someone else in our organization has an artifact that gives people autism. I think we can make mm-hmm. this work. I'm just imagining some, like, a conspiracy theory nut, like some, like, anti-vaxxer mom who just discovers this and, like, changes her whole, like, position on it, being like, oh, no, the, the rich are, like, keeping the, the good vax, like, the magic vax <laughs> to themselves. Like, no, there's room for this, I think. I mean, there's, like, a fair amount of overlap in the New Age leanings of, like, anti-vax and also the New age like, indigo child stuff. You just mm. bring those two together. That's synthesis. Yes. Thesis, antithesis, and yes. synthesis. Yes. Perfect. Yes, Hegelian dialectics. Um, the Hegelian dialectics right. of vaccine autism. That's right. Wow, the indigo child vaccine. That's amazing. Well, obviously that's what the vaccines do is they repress the latent indigo child powers and they just turn you into, just they turn your kids autistic. The vaccine only gives you autism by repressing your latent psychic potential. Okay, so like the autism is like the vestige. It's like yes, like they would be an adept. Yes, but no, no, autistic, no. Indigo like, child, like that. That's how you get like the psychic identities and shit. No, no, no. I mean, like, like they are an indigo child, yeah, okay. but because they got the vaccine, um, it hasn't made them autistic. Their autism is just all that's left of their indigo yes. childness. Yes, precisely. That's solid. Um, <laughs> We must find the anti-vax. No, that's it. The, they're anti-vaxxers. It's because they're looking for the anti-vax. Uh. They want to give their child the anti-vax. <laughs> Finally, the vaccine for vaccines. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Apologies to our autistic listeners. Yes. But also your wizards, so you understand. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I think we've covered uh, constructed artifacts pretty well. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, they are something which I think are not used as much as they should be. Perhaps they could be. They're they're oft, they're oft forgotten. I feel I've played in and run a number of games. They've never come up. Yeah, I mean, to, in all fairness, in all fairness, it, I don't consider it particularly common for players to actually read the rulebook cover to cover before they play a game. So, yeah, that's that's the 
this is probably partially down to that. There is a difference um, between 2E and 3E in terms of uh, major artifacts, which in um, 3E uh, don't exist. They might be possible, but they're indistinguishable uh, from They should definitely exist, but I, I, I do think that any major artifact should have to be natural. Yeah. They say it, in second ed, it's like it costs two major charges, and the object to be enchanted must be historically, socially, or philosophically important. In 3E, I think what are called major artifacts are instead things like uh, eternal artifacts, which do significant effects. Dude, if you have more um, than one major charge in you, then you just explode like Dr. Manhattan. That's what I say. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, now, you should be able to have one, more than one major, but I don't think there should be anything that's like procked on you having more than one major because that's yeah such an edge case of an edge case now one of the reasons why i think this gets missed is like the the, the page on constructed artifacts in 3e book one is separated from the natural artifacts rules mm-hmm. um it's it's squeezed between um the end of viaturgy and the start of rituals um it's just one page i don't know why they decided to do it this way i guess it's because like it's something that like it's a magic they can do mm-hmm. that uh, adepts can do, but I feel it should have been. It should have been towards the front more. Yeah, because like something sort of vestigial dangling off the edge there is gonna be the thing that gets missed. That's what's happened. Yes, and I don't think it's mentioned in the adepts section that much. Like even just referencing it when talking about omega scores and things like that would be helpful. Just include like... it like right before you start listing off all the adepts, because that means it's not gonna get skimmed over right like you you read the adept rules because you're supposed to and you need to get the lay of the land and then you go into the list of adept schools because that's the juicy stuff and that's like the oh what am i gonna play this campaign 30 books sometimes leave something to be desired with how they were laid out absolutely yeah it's a bit more obvious in um second ed because they had like their own like chapter on artifacts yeah. it was a small chapter but it was like labeled and everything and the 2e book core book is a fucking that's a complete product right there oh it's absolutely a complete product um let's make one book instead of five um <laughs> three of which we only uh, three of yeah. which only we include yeah I, I i admit it's a nice um gm screen yeah. i'll give them that <laughs> but I, I miss the tome it is in the table of contents on book in book one. All right. Uh, under the and the table of contents isn't very good for the first. It's yeah, the right. book one. If I remember correctly, it doesn't even include pages for shit. Right? Does not include pages. Yeah. For shit. It so it's not. Links. That's not a table of contents. That's a list of contents. It includes links, but that's not helpful for anyone with the physical book. Yeah, Greg. It's helpful for me now when I'm looking at the at the PDF, but. Anyway, so I will I will t- I will take advantage of this link and click artifacts so I can go to the natural artifacts. There you go. It, okay, it's also silly because they have natural artifacts, right? They have they have uh, they have a section of the book called artifacts, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have um, a, a subheading in bold, the bold subheading natural artifacts, and an unbolded subheading later saying constructed artifacts, which just says like, go to page one seventy one. Da 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 da. Anyway, I think natural is a really poor choice of words for a game that uses the terminology unnatural all the fucking time. 
Look, I, I have some philosophical problems with games like Unknown Armies and Delta Green for the use of the word unnatural. It's less it's less annoying. In, in Unknown Armies, I can, ex- I can understand it. It's like our perception of what is natural and unnatural. Fair enough. Uh, Delta Green, it annoys me because like the unnatural doesn't exist. We're just wrong about how the universe works, so... I mean, I'm I'm kind of of the opposite view because Delta Green, you know, has the whole conceit that okay, magic kind of inherently fucks with your head. Um, yeah, it, but it's not unnatural, is it? it it's catchy, like it, it. It's wrong, like that. That's the what it's trying to get across. Probably, yeah, yeah. Is that feeling of wrongness, and like unnatural is a good single word mm. to encompass that. I think. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps for these weak-minded... So here's my idea. Here's my alternative for the term natural artifact. Organic artifact. Organic artifact. I always... uh, I prefer my artifacts to be organic. Uh, Free range, Uh, personally. Free range. Free range is pretty good. (laughs) Free range, I think, is like somewhere on the border. It's in between. It's like a raised artifact. Oh, as opposed to, which is, that's, that's an interesting concept. Like if you find like a source of natural artifacts, can you like, like lead them into like a magic tree with magic apples? Can you sort of like start crossbreeding it with another, another magic Why tree? Why the fuck not? Kind sure. of magic apples? I mean, the, my, yeah. my feeling is that I think Unknown Armies needs to deploy more like new agey and woo language into their terminology oh, yeah. in fun ways. Because, you know, it's fun hearing all these, like, hardened gangsters talking about manifesting and shit. That is, that is true. Uh, That's, that is in the fiction. It pops up, that sort of thing. Yeah. There should be more of it. Yes, I agree. That's, that's, that's actually a good point. Um, Because we can get lost in, like, very gamey, game-specific terminology, like charges and things. And Melon's brought up before that um, that's how the freak... Uh, that's how it thinks of things in terms of meta charges and yeah. things. But I think in game, people aren't going to think like that or speak like that. Even they'd be like, "I got." They you could say like mojo or whatever, but some more like uh, new agey sort of terms. Yeah, sort of. I charges is probably what you have like in the real dukes. They're like, or, or like a charger, right? I guess like the the yeah. the, the old hats. That have been in this shit for like fucking decades. And partially just because yeah. it's an old term. Partially because when you've dealt with magic that much, you do kind of learn how to min-max it and game it a little bit. But yeah, someone that's not as immersed in shit is going to use vaguer terms, I think. Absolutely. Now I want to have some really annoying, like super old head wizard who calls charges checks. <laughs> I got a sick check. Uh, I got a few minor checks. I think. Yeah, it should also definitely be generational. That's also another dimension of it. I yeah. Think. I think we can, we can, like, I think we could afford to do an episode on, like, terminology at some point because it's going to vary not just generational, generationally uh, across borders and across um, subcultures within countries. There's got to be, it's always going to be influenced by the terminology used in the occult mainstream. But what that occult mainstream is, there's not just one occult mainstream, is there? There's multiple. If you've got wizards who are more influenced by, like, say, Scientology or something. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, they might be like anti-Scientologists who like are trying. They think that charges are thetans. They're like the set of of Scientology, right? You know what I mean by set of No. They're those guys that think uh, everything after Vatican II is illegitimate. Ah, yes, okay. So that's true. Like that's good. That's, a guy that's, that's like that, but for Scientology. So all the doctrine after solid. Hubbard died is is bullshit. I'm sure that exists. I'm sure people like that exist. Yes, and that's, and that's my next Unanarmi's character. There you go. Uh, no, we'll talk about that another time, but let's 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 focus back in on these natural artifacts. Yeah. Organic artifacts. I'm, I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with calling them organic. Organic artifacts, yes. Um, <laughs> Farm-to-table artifacts. They naturally appear. They, are, they appear through happenstance. They're side effects of the cosmos with a range of powers that don't need to stick with any particular rules in the book. They are in the hands of the GM. They can do whatever because they're not constructed. Um, they're not limited. Um, and they appear from whence they appear. A lot of the most powerful ones are supposed to be like leftovers from the previous universe, right? It's kind of like rituals in that regard. It could just I be. I can't a remember rumor. reading that anywhere, but that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that's that's been done before. Makes sense. I think that they tend to be generated by large magical events. Yeah, some like the lost room shit. Yes, the lost room is a very good example. We should go into this. Uh, we talk about artifact cults, but um, big events. I'm thinking like ascension. So we're definitely with the uh, the naked goddess ascension created the naked goddess tape. Um, I think every Ascension probably creates at least one artifact. Um, other big events like uh, the Safe and Happy New Year project, which created the Green Glass Grail, um, among other effects, other items. I think the Whisper War probably created a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, what other big events can you think of? Because <sighs> there's got to be some, there's got to be more. Um. Uh, I, I guess probably the uh, precursor to the sleepers running around in uh, mm-hmm. China probably uh, oh, yeah. created some of those, would be my guess. True, true. Any environment where, um, like, a adept school, like, is mm. created. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of experimentation that leads to constructed artifacts. But I think some of that mm. power is just going to, you know, settle into it uh, like, uh, like magical mm. runoff and... You know, stuff related to that. Like some very powerful mm. uh, artifacts of with kind of domains similar to the magic school are going to spontaneously manifest. It would be ironic if something like um, the, the sleepers wiping out the New York occult underground back in the 50s created some artifacts just from the, just from the, the shit that was going on. Like the magical A-bomb they used. There are some other examples. Like it has to be a like a like a ma- like a magical elephant's foot, basically. Yes, probably. Like what I could see that would be like powerful anti anti magic artifacts. They're mm, hanging mm. around. That's cool. I guess it doesn't actually have to be a necessarily a big magical event. I mean, the main thing I'm thinking of is just like far as the stuff in the war game, how little we know of big magical events pre nineties. Mm. That's true. Or even post uh, 2000 is not yeah, that many yeah. that I can think off the top of my head. Whatever happened to that place in Weep that was all fucked up? Yeah, yeah. Or the the weird it bit with be... the... Uh, I think this is um, one shots, the weird uh, ghost snake migration. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
it could also be um, non-magical events, like big historical events, the election of Donald Trump, um, yeah. wars, uh, 9-11, yes. perhaps. Anything big like that. Any kind, anytime a black swan hits, um, I think that there's a chance for natural artifacts to emerge. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. The other one would just be like, you know, your typical magically potent events, like alignments of the spheres. It'd be so funny if media events caused it, like the fucking Red Wedding creates natural artifacts or something <laughs> like that. It would need to be something that's worldwide, I think. That's the big thing. Like so The Red Wedding was pretty worldwide. Come on. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, that's the thing, like... The, the fun thing is that American pop culture does have a outsized influence on the world's collective unconscious just because That's of true. how far the United States media reaches. And it might even be getting stronger rather than weaker with things like if an episode of a TV show comes out, like even if it's not being broadcast or not being broadcast at the same time, like... Millions of people in China and Australia and everywhere are downloading that episode and watching it at the, probably the same day as yeah. it comes out in the US. So it has that immediate like impact. And most of the time, it's not going to have an effect. But big media events, as goofy as it sounds, probably do create artifacts because they have a ripple in the collective unconsciousness. Some little I mean, ripple. this is really hokey. Yeah. This is really hokey. But what is the biggest media as far as like a worldwide audience coming from somewhere other than the United States you'd think uh, Bollywood maybe because it's popular in Africa and other places of the world um, anime oh crap forgot about yeah. anime it's too niche I'm I not think. wrong not, I, don't, I don't think it's no, I, I would disagree at this point I think anime is like pretty uh, is pretty fucking mainstream I think that is not true. Especially among younger millennials and like Zoomers. Perhaps, perhaps. I still think something like Bollywood actually has a bigger... I agree too. Effect. Like the few times when like a Bollywood movie really explodes into like the... Into like uh, like the sort of world audience. Mm. You get a few artifacts out of that. There's a few RRR artifacts, for example. Yeah. Or even, even beyond... Like even on smaller scale movies like... Even like movies that we don't hear about so much in like Western countries are still yeah, having a big yeah. effect because Bollywood's popular in the Middle East and Africa and other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. As well, not just India. Yeah, like, I just I just think it, it's that maybe even Nollywood, not maybe not Nollywood. Like anime, uh, you'd have to make me a good fucking give me a good example. Well, the, like it, bo- both of these can turn really fucking hokey very easily. Like, oh, the fucking uh. The, the bandana of Rambo that makes you invulnerable to gunfire. That's nothing wrong with that. I mean, with fucking the Bruce Lee, the, the <laughs> fists of Bruce Lee fucking classic Okay, example. but that's funner to me because it involves physically destroying a videotape. That's true. Like and the powers in... And that's a ritual too. That's, that's not true. an artifact in and of itself. It's that the Bruce Lee tape is a crucial component of a ritual. Uh-huh. I, I don't care if it's hokey. Um... You you were saying after like okay I'm gonna need to be really convinced for some anime shit to work. That's true. Uh, and like that's the thing. Whatever hokey is is very much in the eye of the beholder and just where an individual's taste lie. Yeah. yeah, it has to be something that has like a uh, an effect, like a specific, like it it does have a ripple. 
Um, like I would allow yeah. something like, okay, this is an artifact. It's a magic Starbucks cup, which is which has uh, Daenerys Targaryen, Princess of Dragonstone, the Unburnt Queen of Marine, and all the fucking titles like on a big list because everyone looked at that fucking coffee cover with what the fuck is it doing there? I'd say the principle to look at is think less in terms of the content of the media and more in terms of the cultural perception of that media, right? Hmm. Okay. It's not going to be a prop from the Terminator movie. It's going to be some fucking Terminator action figure that does a shitty Arnold impression. Because that's what... Like, don't look towards the media itself. Look towards the spoofs of that media. True, right? true. But what's something... Look towards... Look towards the fucking flanderized versions of that media to get a sense for the broad cultural conception of that movie or that TV show or whatever. Okay, I could see, like, an artifact like, oh my god, it's a real death note. I could actually see that because it's... it's Sure. Broad enough and mainstream enough that people read. There was a Simpsons based on a Simpsons Halloween special based on Death Note. That me- that means that that is fair. Like absolutely. That's a good operating principle. If it's shown up on the Simpsons, it's fair game. Absolutely, absolutely. I would say with anime, yeah, with China involved um, and the success and the Zoomers, yeah, I can see it. But it'll have to be like, for example, when I was thinking, I'm thinking of like, like what what thing from what series because it's not going to be a physical artifact unless it is it's something it, it, it's manifested into reality something from the show yeah yeah if it's iconic enough like like Death Note I'd agree because like Death Note is so yeah. driven by that core conceit yeah it's one of the things that everyone remembers yes and it's easy for people to understand you're talking about something like Sailor Moon you know what the fuck do people remember from Sailor Moon mostly the imagery I'd say yeah but I, that like the core imagery. I think Sailor Moon solid. I think Sailor Moon. I would accept as creating artifacts if there was like some big Sailor Moon event or something, or like some ripple. Who knows? Maybe nowadays, like what Attack on Titan, maybe or I don't know what the animes are these days. Uh, what the, what yeah. the big ones? Um, Neon Genesis would have had some effect, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's like still especially gigantic in Japan. There, there you go. Um, the thing that comes into Sailor to mind for Sailor Moon is like, all right, this rod turns you into a teenage girl. There you go. And it's like, okay, like yeah, that's that's definitely something very useful and would be uh, that a lot of people would be very desperate to get for a number of reasons. My God, that the occult wars over that rod. <laughs> yes. All the rods competing over that one rod. That's terrifying. Dragon Balls. I think. Sure. Solid. That's something. Because, yeah, I don't want to, like, poo-poo anime, but it has to be something, like, specific shows, specific properties that have had that, like, really resonant effect. Uh, don't think in terms of MacGuffins from the show. Think in terms of the cultural conception of that anime. So, Dragon Balls, sure, the, the like, the, the titular Dragon Balls. But when I think Dragon Ball, the first thing that comes to mind is the crazy hair. So, like, sure. a powerful Dragon Ball artifact would be, like, some wig that, like, Gives you superpowers, right? Mm. Maybe. That makes sense. The cosplay uh, sort of yeah. thing. Or just a wig. That like it's no, it's it's a it's a shampoo that makes your hair like that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, 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 what did it it's not shampoo, it's hair bleach. Nice, yes, that's perfect. Even some of like maybe the kids' shows, like um Sure. 
Shin Chan and shit like that. I'm a big advocate for any sort of artifacts, any sort of magic that brings the mask and Who Framed Roger Rabbit-esque cartoon logic into the UA Oh yeah, I love that shit. I love for that a little shit. bit. Because that's just a lot of fun. A lot of people are going to be turned off by that, but I, I, I like it as well. It's fun. No, like seeing a man in real life turn into an accordion definitely fucking provokes some stress <laughs> checks. That would be fucking terrifying. That's true. That's true. Uh-huh. Or like a spell that lets you drop pianos on people. That's the blast, obviously, for the cartoon adept. Uh, roll pursuit, you're chasing them. Oh, they've gone down a tunnel. Do you follow them? <laughs> yes, exactly. Shit like that. Uh, no, that's solid. That's fun stuff. I've, I've used that in campaign as well. I, <laughs> I had a, um, uh, a game set in 1920s Berlin where one of the players was playing an animator. And there was uh, the, 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 like, the hole. It was like the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like, the hole, the removable yeah, hole yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, they, ended, yeah. they ended up being, there was a Nazi stuck in, in, in somewhere. He was stuck in the wall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nazi stuck in hammer space. That's right. Um, so, yeah, media properties can create artifacts if it has a big enough cultural impact. Um, political yeah. events, economic events, like 2008... But again, think in terms of like broad, extremely broad stroke cultural perception of the media property, not actual details from that media property. Perhaps, yeah, yeah, perhaps that's true. Honestly, a trick I've used when I'm in a pinch and trying to come up with a UA artifact, I just look at the D&D spell list and think of a way to refluff it in a more UA way. Sure. That's, that's a cheap and easy way to go through it, actually. It's a cheap and easy way, but it works, right? Like, fucking Acid Arrow, right? Uh, instead becomes... Like, one of those little spitwad straw shooters. But if you shoot someone in the face, it's like they suffered an acid attack. Mm. That's all. That's fucked up. I got an artifact idea. Shoot. So, the Netflix ta-dun sound um, comes mm-hmm. from a wedding ring hitting a cabinet. They slowed down. Just get that wedding ring and you've got the, the Netflix ring. Okay. That's, that's an artifact. What would it do? Um... Cancel your favorite shows. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, like, it, it's a protective ring that if you're able to give it to, like, the showrunner of a show, their show will get renewed as long as they're wearing the ring. Or, like, broaden it to any sort of, like, like any sort of job is, like, um, if you're wearing this ring, your contract will get renewed, right? Yeah. You just happen to get passed over during any uh, any rounds of layoffs. I that's solid. That is solid. Yeah, go fucking crazy with it. What are some of the favorite artifacts of yours that you've created for games? Oh, let me think. I haven't actually created that many. Give me yours if you've got some. Maybe it'll... All right, me. all right. Uh, one that comes to mind was I the, the printer, and what its power was was, like, if you feed uh, a photo back into it by, like, kind of manually forcing it in there, it created, like, an illusory effect. Mm-hmm. A fifty-yard radius, based on the image that you fed into it. Interesting. So, like, if you, if you fed like a real nice, fo- like redwood forest landscape, it'd look like you're in a redwood forest. That's solid. But you know, sort of limitation is you need it, it's still a printer, it's still powered, so you need to hook it up somewhere, right? You, you need some sort of outlet or a generator. And that's another good thing for artifacts. Give them some sort of concrete and weird limitation that makes some kind of sense, sort of. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, if it's an appliance, then yeah, it needs to be plugged into work. Of course it does. Other fun ones. This one, I, I forget if it was inspired or straight up stolen from a old episode, uh, old issue of Doom Patrol. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was the bullet that, that killed JFK, uh, C.S. Lewis, and um, Aldous Huxley. Oh, yes. I remember you it, talking about this one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One bullet did it all these guys because they all died on the same day. Mm-hmm. That was like a major artifact. And like the, the power of that was it was basically like you could like kill any masculine figure. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like if you shoot someone with this, they die instantly. Mm-hmm. There's like no roll. It's just it's like it's like you're rolling a hundred on a gunshot. Yeah. Something from the <laughs> the recent campaign, more recent campaign I ran had like two notable artifacts. One was um from the corkboard. It was based off like a, a gag from like a YouTuber, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the litany of litany's litany. It, it, it was a Battlefleet Gothic miniature. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, this thing was immaculately crafted, right? It was, like, hand-sculpted from green stuff. Mm-hmm. All of the, like, little stained-glass windows on the sides of the cathedral ship were, like, actually painted, like, stained glass. Mm-hmm. And, like, with little pictures and shit. This was, like, if fucking Andre Rublev made a Warhammer <laughs> miniature, right? Yeah. My God. And its power was, it, while in your possession, it would magically restore your virginity. Ooh. That's useful. My God, that would just remove. That would just um, completely destroy the the Hyman reconstruction industry. Well, that that, that so that that's industry. what ended up being done with it. Actually, <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another fun one. I guess this is like kind of somewhere between an artifact and a location. They were the players were exploring a old narco alchemist hideout. The narco alchemist has since passed, but like the mm-hmm gang that she ran was still around and so like they ended up uh checking out beneath her manor and they found this magnificently made cathedral like stained glass again pews made of um petrified wood fucking beautiful but like they they also noticed that there's like a bunch of mining equipment around right like the mining equipment like chipped into the uh parts of stuff like chunks of stuff are missing and the the middle was always like kind of chalky and crystally looking and the whole area smelled of ammonia and with a successful knowledge roll the guy exploring it realized this entire cathedral is made of meth oh very nice hence the petrified rock mm. the petrified wooden stuff so yeah sense. the meth cathedral another excellent artifact for your army's game there we go that's the other thing. Like, if you, you deal with narco alchemist or any sort of adept that kind of specializes in crafting stuff, I think that gives you like extra license mm-hmm. to just go fucking wild with coming up with cool constructed artifacts. I did a few. Melon did a few as well, but I did yeah. a few for um, uh, special orders books that are kind of like one of only one of which has come out. Yeah. They're kind of silly, but I like them. Dude, I was just talking about one that's like fucking like a forty k miniature that <laughs> restores your virginity. It's true. But you know, they're silly, but there's some logic there, and with a bit of creative thinking you can be like, oh no, I can I could use this. I could definitely use this for stuff. Because I I was looking at like like lists of like big long like websites that are just listing all the uh the happy meal toys that have yeah, come out yeah. over the years, uh things like that. I had a uh a Torp McWrist wallet 
Um, do you know the McRist wallet? Oh, I think it, I, I don't think I ever saw this at like a McDonald's, but I think I remember getting them at like Taco Bell at some point. They're just like a little like wrist thing uh, that you'd open up, and there was a little compartment there, right? Exactly, exactly. And I thought I was thinking, what, what to do with that? So I just, I just made it like you can teleport items sure. between these McRist wallets. Sure. But the problem is that. That's only what can fit inside your McRisk wallet. Yeah, and not a whole lot can fit in those things, as I found out, as I figured out pretty quickly when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, yes, but maybe something. It's not un- not unuseful. Uh, the biggest use that um, I try to make it more useful is it also works uh, even if one of the uh, McRisk wallets is in a an other space or the astral plane or other things like that. Actually, so no. Think about that. That's incredibly that useful because you could put a flash drive in there. Mm. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, maybe it becomes more useful with time. Uh, what do you think about uh, the march of miniaturization exorably continues? That's right. That's right. Put a nanobot in there, sure. and it'll just build more nanobots on the other side. <laughs> Fucking wrist wallet magical... full of gray goo. Why not? That's right. That magical von Neumann probes. Yeah. Um, I also had the. Uh... Now this is dumb, uh, but I liked it. Uh, the McCheese hand puppet. I this was my favorite, the Mary McCheese puppet, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um so it was an old school like plastic uh hand puppet that they had back in the seventies. Um they were very it was just like a bag on your hand with like a picture of Mayor McCheese on it. Yeah. Um uh, but if it's on your hand and you're walking around to outside observers see you in the like accompanied by a a uh a local representative from a nearby town. Like, it's yeah. the mayor of a nearby town is with you. Mayor yeah. McCheese, not necessarily yeah. Mayor McCheese, but... Someone mayor, but... someone that you need to be respectful towards, right? So Someone yeah. prestigious. So, someone... And it's not, like, anyone specific. They just, like, they see this guy and they're like, oh, this guy's important, and I have important dealings with him. There's a step removed, uh, because it's, like, not immediately an important And person. it's not, like, yeah, it's not, like, anything, anyone specific, right? It's just kind of, like, a... Yep. Like a vague conception of important person. Not so much important in this town, but yeah. important people in this town think that this person is important. Yes. So yes. they must be important. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like things like this. I had also the, uh, what is it? The clamshell ghost traps. This is me looking into uh, the clam- the old clamshell styrofoam yeah. uh, burger boxes. And then I looked into uh, mythology around clams. Uh, <laughs> right. And... <laughs> tied that in somehow um, but basically the idea was um, those clamshell containers can trap demons um, if they have uh, if they're prepared correctly with a meat patty with a burger in there they can trap demons uh, as the compa- because the container uh, and the, oh, the, because the container doesn't decompose for a long time the demon could be stuck there for a long time as well um, I just like the idea of people going around looking for a demon in a fucking trash heap uh, looking for some old 1970s uh, clamshell container which happens to have a very particular demon in it. Sure. That's yeah, a like, a, like a genie in a bottle. That's right. That's right. Exactly. I, li- I do like the idea of thinking about um, like you, similar to your, your um, method of just looking at D&D items, but also like looking Not at... Not items, spells. Like, spells specifically. Cause spells, just, spells, spells. Those are usually pretty outside the bounds of UA spell effects. So you can, again, if you think, figure out a way to spin it right. Like fireball becomes yes. 
the spell ignite propane tank. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So if you look at like um item like mythological objects from folklore and, and legend yeah. Yeah. and things like that you can come up with cool ideas or just um, just have just, those like how fucking ascension the magdalene had the knife that oh, killed totally. caesar in there why the fuck not that's right that's right mix that in yeah give it to your uh gangbanger wizard who yeah. just happens to have some cloud stepping yeah. boots yeah why not uh, oh, also, um, why limit ourselves to being Latin kings when we can be Latin gods? That's right. Uh, no Latin kings, no Latin gods. That's um, only that's Latin a, men. Only Latin men. That's like that's like a fucking campaign starter from Goad. That's what. That oh, is. totally. Yeah, that is absolutely a Goad. That's Goad friendly. There was a Toad. Oh, well, there was. <laughs> Goad was silly. Yeah, I'm proud of code. UA is a silly game until it very suddenly is not. That's right. That's exactly right. You could we could take a page from religion, from specifically Christianity and Buddhism, and uh, have true. some relics. Oh, that reminds me. One more artifact. One more artifact, which also was inspired by corkboarding. Corkboarding provides excellent artifacts. Uh, artifact yes. inspiration. It was the liturgy, which was. From a distance, it looks, when you're holding this, it looks like you're reading a Bible. Yep. But if you look closer and succeed on a notice check, you realize, oh, wait, he's not reading a Bible. He's holding a gun. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Understandable mistake. I I had two thoughts in my head. Uh, first thought was, wait, that's not a Bible. That's the Quran. Uh, my next thought was, wait, that's not a Bible. That's Das Kapital. Um <laughs> Both of which Third are. time's the charm, friend. That's not a Bible. That's a gun. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Solid. I like that idea. Um, I and like... if you shoot someone with it, it provokes notice rolls from everyone in the vicinity. And uh, if everyone fails, they just hear someone politely saying, bless you. Yep. Yep. I like the idea of like some player characters, like they knowing that thing exists and like being stuck in a room with three guys all holding Bibles and being like, yeah. oh, one yeah. of them has a gun. Which one of them has the gun? <laughs> perfect. Fucking perfect. Now, yeah, relics, any kind of relic uh, from a... Uh, this is similar to the uh, artifacts created by Ascension events, as we mentioned before, Mother's Rag, uh, the Naked Goddess tape, anything like that. Pieces of dead wizards might work, you know? Yeah, the dick of yeah. the dick of Dirk Allen, although he's still alive, yeah. uh, something like that. Nah, what? No, you don't want the dick of Dirk Allen. You want his liver. That's true. The liver of Dirk Allen. That's, That's potent. Artifact. That's potent. Uh, the the swollen, bloated, discolored liver of Dirk Allen. That's right. Relics, right? Like one, the kind of the fun things about UA's cosmology is because mm. belief does have that kind of inherent weight. Um, mm. Things like claimed pieces of the cross of christ can actually have power as can uh, pieces of toast which have jesus in them uh one that comes to mind immediately that's fun is like pieces of the body of the same saint and they're like they're the same femur right they're the same part of the body and they both actually have like magical powers associated with them Mm -hmm. even though they can't possibly both be from the same guy you have to bring the femurs together for them to have magical powers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, 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 you, you can... By the power of the five femurs combined, I am Santa Aquinas. That's 
perfect. I'm, you're not wrong. That's the other thing. Like, just steal ideas from other media and just think of how can I add plausible deniability to this and give a UA spin on it. Let us talk about, though, no, Artifact Cults. And actually, let's, yes. before we go into Artifact Cults, because, well, we'll... Artifact cults are those that spring up around, usually around natural artifacts. Because natural artifacts have powers which are not limited. They can be eternal artifacts. The big examples are the Naked Goddess Tape, which is fought over by the sect and others. That, that's also a Avatar cult. So like, there can definitely yes. be overlap there. Absolutely. The TV show The Lost Room, you've seen this. I have. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's very... I remember being very... Mid-art sci-fi TV show, but in like a good way. It, it, it was in a good way. When I watched it, it was very much like, this is literally the closest media I've seen to Unknown Armies. Um, all the way down to, like, they were called Cabals. Like, all the yeah, groups and were called Cabals. I really would not be surprised if the, like, showrunner behind The Lost Room was directly inspired by Unknown Armies. It, it definitely has, like, a different tone. It's less gritty. Uh, it, it's again, it's very much like a mid-aughts sci-fi TV show. Sure, I, I remember thinking like the protagonist is played by such a sci-fi channel leading man actor, you know, just mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. jawline for days. Yeah. Who feels who very much stands out amongst all like the weirdos and like yeah, actual like gang members that are par- otherwise part of the subculture. Well, that, that's that's the relatable uh, protagonist. Yes. That's that's you. You can project yourself onto that jawline. I can also right. relate to having you know a jawline can cut glass. That's right. This is why at you just need Bruce least... Campbell for every one of those roles. Oh fucking absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The lost, room the lost room with Bruce, with Campbell. Bruce Campbell. That would have been fucking excellent. Fucking chef's kiss, perfect. Back when Sci-Fi Channel was actually making science fiction television, um... even though Lost Room was honestly more like urban fantasy. But again, in that very UA urban fantasy where it's like a not like, let's bring fairies and vampires and werewolves into the modern day. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, well, it was the Lost Room is about a bunch of artifacts, a bunch of magic items, a bunch of objects, as they're called, with a capital yep. O, that are created. They're, they're called the objects, and it's really funny dialogue, like very dramatic dialogue of people being like, okay, we need to get the objects. The objects. Um, oh, he has one of the objects. Uh, it, it, the only thing that could have been better is if they called them just the items instead. The items, yes. Yes. We have to get the items. Yes. Where are the items? <laughs> She's got one of the items. Um, an event, the event occurred yeah. uh, at one twenty p.m. on May 4th, 1961, uh, erasing a hotel room from reality. And creating a bunch... Of, everything in that hotel room was turned into a magical item, which does things like a, a, a ticket that if you touch someone with a the ticket, they're teleported to a specific place. All these sorts of things. There, I remember there's like glasses that like stop a fire within like a certain area if you're looking at it. There's the key that mm-hmm. always opens like the door to the hotel room. Yep, yep, yep. There was like a pen and I forget what the pen does. Oh, the pen did something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Microwaves any subject upon contact. Oof. Oof. And, you know, these 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 are, like, cool abilities to steal from if you're putting an artifact in your game. 
You can just, you know, change the object. Though, like, admittedly, you can, like, steal, directly steal shit from the lost room. And, like, the the number of people that are going to recognize these items is fucking negligible. Though, admittedly, the Unknown Army's fan base does probably have a much higher than average rate of people who have actually seen the lost room. There is something to be said for artifacts which have a function which isn't related to what they are symbolically. Also true. It's it's more it's weirder. Like the way the objects were created in the lost room was like some crazy metaphysical event created them. So yeah, why not have yeah. a microwave pen? Uh, because it wasn't created through a symbolic. It was. It wasn't a deliberate symbolic decision. It was some freak accident, uh, or some. It's the unknown what caused it. Um, yeah. In the show, they have different cabals, which are called cabals, so like f- fighting over these objects. One of which is trying to stop them from causing harm. So your sleeper types, and then there's a religion which forms, which believes that the objects are pieces of God that must be reunited so that God can be communicated with or that someone can become God, ascend, perhaps. And this is stuff that you could... It's easily... It's... From an UA standpoint, it's pretty run-of-the-mill, but you can um, spice it up a bit. I do like the the religious aspect, the bit of pantheism in there. God broke himself into little objects. Uh, That's fun. That could be expanded upon. Again, I'm. I, I would be not at all surprised if it's directly inspired by UA. It, yeah, it, like it, it is like kind of cool in a sense of seeing unknown armies adapted into like a 2005 sci-fi channel TV show. Because yeah. let's be honest, that would probably be that. That's like the most likely media adaptation that unknown armies was ever gonna get. Right? Yeah, that's true. Like, it's not going to be a movie. It's not going to be some fucking prestige HBO show. It's going to be some shit that was on Sci-Fi Channel in the mid two thousands. That's right. That's where the truth was found. You could find the truth. That's why they. Yes. That's why they yes. took it down. That's why they had to destroy it and and, and fill it with um, uh, Hitler and UFOs and truckers, ice truckers. That was a bit later. Uh, the main other thing I remember from Sci-Fi Channel at the time is like they had that like gritty Oz reboot. No, well, not the prison show, like, Wizard of Oz. Oh, fuck, okay. Well, this is the point, like, they were getting too close to the truth with these shows in the mid in the mid-aughts, so they were like, okay, now we, we have to... You want to neutralize the potential trigger event, you add some uh, Hitler, you add some UFOs, <laughs> and you add some uh, WWE and some Ice Truckers. Or Gritty Reboots. Or Gritty Reboots, yes. Gritty uh, Reboots are the antithesis of magic. That's it. A more similar, a similar concept came out with Lock and Key on Netflix, which was a similar idea based on a comic book about a bunch yeah. of magical keys, which had a yeah, it's based idea. off the Joe Hill comic, right? Yeah, I never read that comic, but I watched the first season of the show. It's okay. It's it's more for, it's more for kids, but it's all right. Oh, interesting. Okay, I, I was told that like it was like kind of Lovecraft esque. There's some elements at to least it. the comics. I don't know about the comics. I should read the comics. Because um, there were demons uh, involved that want to get the keys and things. It was it was all right. It's interesting. It's worth... Uh... Artifacts are always good MacGuffins. Definitely. But I find them more interesting as tools that the players have access to and yes. can uh, use in creative ways. Right. I think maybe natural artifacts are going to be something which is more MacGuffin-y. While constructed artifacts are something that are more tools. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, like... You can have 
organic artifacts that mm. are pretty weak. That's true. Uh, like the fucking pennies. Fucking pennies, yeah, okay. Yeah. The lucky pennies. I don't even know their exact name, but they've been in like every fucking edition. Yeah, the lucky um, pennies, which are just lucky pennies. Yeah, they're just lucky pennies. But, you know, like if you had some artifact made by a super powerful adept that put like a major charge in there, mm. or like yeah. say some artifact made by like the founder of a magic school, that, that's a solid yeah. MacGuffin. A artifact made by the Godwalker mm-hmm. of a avatar, either the current Godwalker. And it's like, they lost their magical power, but they're such a badass that they, like, climbed their way back up to Godwalkerhood afterwards. Yeah. That's also a good MacGuffin. Yeah. Solid stuff. Solid stuff. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. What if the keys were a powerful avatar artifact, but for a avatar that never actually ascended? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, and that's what the fall of the keys was, was Alex accidentally putting his power mm. into those keys. Mm. His uh, potential power is... Uh, yes, yes. It depends like whether he was the, after all, the uh, budding avatar of the Batman, the, uh, of whatever. The Inquisitor, like the, the keys to the, the Inquisitor's cell? And then you're like, oh, fuck, these are Alex Abel's keys. Oh, fuck, that's what he's going to send as? Well, this one is the Inquisitor key, and this one is the white black man. <laughs> yeah, they all they all correspond to, <laughs> to like, the... various things he's been speculated to almost have ascended as. That's solid, actually. Um, yeah. And you have to get them all back on the key ring. So it's similar to Lucky there you Key. Go. You have to there like, you go. all the, the keys. Having an occult scavenger hunt is a decent framework sure. for... I can't. I mean, like, there's a reason collecting MacGuffins is such a common framework for absolutely so many fucking stories. Yeah, absolutely. Now they say that uh, if you do have an artifact, an organic or constructed artifact that you don't have much use for, like the use of it, like its its uh, effect doesn't help you at the moment. You can still use it in gutter magic. You can use it in rituals. Um, it gives you a boost. It doesn't say how, what kind of boost, but like if you're using it in a vaguely plausible way in a reality-bruising ritual, it can be used in that way even, even multiple times. As long as you don't use it for its intend, intended mystic purpose, you can uh, exploit it that way, which is cool. Yeah, it's also just an intrinsically mystically powerful object. That's it. So yeah, of course, you're, if you're using it as a ritual component, then that's going to give the ritual some extra juice. Which is probably a big part of why Avatar uh, artifact cults pop up. Yes. You know, normally their magical practice wouldn't actually work, but they have this object that has a bunch of extra mojo in it. So as long as they have this, all their ritual magic is is actually going to do shit. That would be a cool way to have like a, a relatively powerful and dangerous group of absolute fucking ponies. They just have yeah. one artifact. Yeah. They just they don't know anything about the cosmology. They don't understand any, how anything works. Yeah. They put everything on this artifact. Is like like the uh, the group in the lost room. They think this is like a piece, a tear of God or something. People like that can they're good targets for the occult underground, but they're also very good spoilers because they don't know the rules and they can come in swinging. Well, someone needs to teach them. That's right. Probably by force. That's true. Or someone needs to keep them ignorant and use them for their own advantage. Yeah. That's like a fun thing to include on a corkboard. It's like, here's a faction that's like, not your enemies. You're not sure what their deal is. And then once you find out what the deal is, you can be like, okay, we need to take these guys out. Or we use them to our advantage. 
Like, if they are all about... Um, like, imagine a group that was all about uh, organic artifacts and being like, we must get these pieces of God. An adept could just crank out constructed artifacts and just bamboozle them for years. Being like, yeah, oh, just I found fleece this. the hell out of them. Yeah. Because that's another use of artifacts. They are, if you have something you don't need, you can trade it. You can, you can go to the swap meet or whatever, and you can be like, who wants to buy this piece of the true cross that was used in Jesus Christ Superstar in 1980-whatever. And something that's not talked about with regards to, like, cults enough is, like, okay, they often have these crazy elaborate doctrines that are, like, weirdly civic and anal about certain things. And, you know, they're easy to mock because they're like, haha, people actually came up with this shit. It's like, yeah, because people were making this shit up as they go, as they went because of Their leaders were like, oh, fuck, okay, I need to think of some excuse to get my disciples to do this shit. All right, guys, new commandment just dropped. Got got some new new principles that you guys got to live by. I have spoken with the Glorious Pumpkin, and if you do not follow this new rule, I will take the Glorious Pumpkin and beat you to death with it, because it's indestructible. (laughs) That was another thing in the Lost Room that I liked, was how all the objects are indestructible. And, you know, normally it doesn't matter, but like, okay... You get the jacket. You get, like, some clothes from there. And now, fuck you, now you have indestructible pants. Indestructible pants. Uh, yeah. Useful. Useful. Yeah. Better than non-indestructible pants. It's true. And Until you get burned up by an explosion and then all that's left is your legs in the pants. Just lying on this <laughs> road. I mean, that's awesome. That's there, awesome. There's something in me left now. It, it, it's a good way to bring ponies into the fold artifacts and i think this can also be applied to players too yep. where it's like okay you have some player character that's a pony whether because like they're the one normal guy in the cabal or you're doing a more lower level campaign where everyone's kind of new to this occult underground shit you're all muggles you're all you're, none of you have magic at the start but you have one artifact yeah that's cool an artifact is a really good introduction to magic stuff because, yep. you know, it's something that you have a fair degree of control over. It's usually not likely to blow back in your face. And it's just a little slice of weirdness. Yes. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, you keep putting on slices of the weirdness. Like it's a nice pastrami sandwich at a, at a Jewish deli. That's right. Um, mm. Like any good Jewish deli, there's a lot of pastrami stacked on there by the end. Oh my god. My god, this pastrami sandwich is indestructible. It's useless to me. (laughs) It looks so good. I'm so hungry. (laughs) And then another guy who's more knowledgeable about culture is like, hey, I want that indestructible pastrami sandwich. And then you beat him to death with the indestructible pastrami sandwich. And that's your trigger event. 